This is loudspeaker. How often have you put your dreams on hold because of some life circumstance, because of something that seemed like an obstacle, something that became a barrier? How many times have you just said to yourself, oh my gosh, I just can't do that. I can't imagine doing that. Well, 2021 is your opportunity to ignite your dreams. And tonight, my special guest, Morgan Oaks, and I are going to be having an in-depth conversation to show you how we've ignited our dreams. And interestingly, we've ignited our dreams together. Morgan and I had an interview with each other on the celebration episode 100, and that became the really igniting point for our relationship. And we're sitting here together tonight, Morgan just having moved in, and so that amazing dream having come true. So we're going to be sharing from our own past experiences and really also the dream that we've had together and how that's igniting and continuing, and we're just excited to have you here with us. So welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. Morgan, it is so fun to be with you here for this special episode tonight. Yeah, it seems so wild to be in person actually recording this as opposed to 11 months ago, I suppose, uh, in different time zones, different states, different cities. Yeah, and we're just talking, talk about fresh. We just moved in together today, I guess last night. It feels like hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, Morgan and I uh, just went through an experience we called trains, planes, and automobiles on his way to get here. So Friday, it would have been last Friday, I flew from... Denver to Seattle, and it was a snowstorm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, we planned this a couple months ago, and it's been lots of little steps pulling everything together. And we had, you know, my last day in business, my last day for the transition of my business, my last day where I was living. And I lined up the movers and to get everything moved out so that I could just pick you up at the airport and we would have this easy two day drive back home here to Colorado. And of course, probably the biggest snowstorm of the uh, of the year hits. And I thought we would be like one day ahead of it, but instead we were right in the middle of it in my little sports car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what should have taken us seven hours from Seattle to Boise ended up taking us 15 hours. Sometimes traffic was totally stopped. Sometimes we were going 30 miles an hour. Well, at one point, do you remember that corner where it's it's kind of a banked corner, like a racetrack? And we're on the high side, and on the low side is uh, an 18-wheeler, and we're going maybe, what, 10 miles an hour, 5 miles an hour? Yeah. And we see the 18-wheeler start sliding off of yeah. the corner, and yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And I was white-knuckled. My, I got carpal tunnel driving in the first few hours and trying to play it cool so you wouldn't be additionally stressed out. You were so good. I had no idea you were stressed or white-knuckling it. I do remember the carpal tunnel thing. (laughs) But anyway, but we we made it to Boise, and then we decided, you know what? We are going to get a flight instead of continuing this drive and maybe not making it back here. And so we parked your car at a parking place, left left the sports car in Boise, hopped on a plane, got here. We didn't have a way to get home from DIA, and so ended up getting a lift. And, I mean, it was just like one thing after another, and then made it home last night. And how awesome. How awesome. Well, and what's funny, so, you know, we looked at a shuttle, we looked at family members, and finally we decided on a lift. And both of us were so tired because we didn't get to Boise till like, what, 2.30 in the morning, probably yeah. asleep by 3. 
and then got up early the next morning. So we're both sleeping in the back of the lift on the drive up here. And both of us woke up a couple of times when the lift was sliding yeah. on I-25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it was quite an adventure. And I guess, you know, so that that's an interesting point in all of this, right? Sometimes we have to go through these amazing adventures where we don't know what's going to happen to get to where we really want to be. Yeah. And, you know, so let, let's rewind our stories a little bit because, you know, we've both had big dreams in our lives and we've both had interesting things that have led to our ability to access our dreams. And the thing is, you know, one of the reasons that we both wanted to share this is I feel like we're both really passionate about helping other people ignite their dreams. And I think it's important to note that we're not just doing this because it's some theory that we have or it's something we read in a book and it sounds really great. It's really because we have done this work ourselves and we have ignited our own separate dreams and we're igniting this awesome dream together. So this just seemed like a perfect time to just share this information with all of you. And I'm just excited about this episode. So yeah, Morgan, talk a little bit about this, this can be either one of your past dreams that you feel like came to fruition, or I think it's really, you know, you had to do a lot of surrendering in making this dream come true. So wherever you want to start, however far back you want to rewind. Yeah. I think in framing this for both of us, you know, we're empaths, we're in the healing industry. We, we see a lot of people who are suffering. We see a lot of people whose lives have plateaued or they've like defined themselves in a certain way and they just stay in that lane because that's their lane. And for me, it really started uh, even before this, but one of the first standout times, I was a mechanical engineer in Denver, Colorado. And this would have been probably in 1998. And I remember one of the other guys that worked there with me was just complaining about work and he was just unhappy. And I was like, dude, you are 30 years old. You have more years left to work in this career than you've been alive. And that for me was a real wake-up call that people can get into comfortable or they can settle. And I really feel like settle is a four-letter word. It's not a, it's not a traditional cuss word, but it feels like one to me. And, and so for anyone in a place where things aren't that great or it could be better, oh, this is good enough, right? Like we have this one lifetime to really have all these experiences of you know, happiness and career, uh, abundance, connection, love, you know, even the place where we live and what life looks like in that community. You know, I just moved from Seattle and, you know, I'd have people complain like, oh my God, I just, I really don't like the rain here and the weather and this and that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how long have you lived here? And I'd be like, oh, well, you know, five decades I've lived here my entire life. And so to complain about something and to not do anything to create positive change to me is painful, right? And so back in engineering, transitioning to chiropractic, and then over the last year, building a bridge so that I could leave, you know, a successful company that I had started in Seattle and move closer to home, closer to you, and to really create my best life. It, it wasn't necessarily easy, but it was important and totally doable. Yeah, I love what you're talking about this whole thing of that we don't have to settle. I love that thing of settle being a four-letter word. And I think I experience that so much with my individual clients. People talking about, well, I'm in this horrible relationship, but it's familiar. So I'm going to stay. I'm just going to, you know, keep suffering. And sometimes it's even really bad suffering. I think it's important that, that people know that, that there are ways out. There are ways to truly not have to settle for something that truly isn't serving you or something that's really, and, and I'm not just talking about, oh, a little problem comes up in a relationship, so you need to bail. I'm talking about like there's abuse or there's emotional abuse that's gone on for years and years and years and people feel like, well, yeah, but I'm too afraid to leave. And, you know, the flip side of that, that's just been amazing and an amazing part of the journey for me is being able to witness people healing themselves, doing like that inner work that they need to do and finding whether it's that inner voice or the inner courage so they can leave those toxic relationships 
and then to see what happens afterwards, which is like they literally have this life where they're like having their dream jobs and moving to a place they've always wanted to live. And then like a year later, I'll get this email that says, and I'm in this fantastic relationship with this person who really meets me and really sees me like in a true partnership. So I just think it's so important for people to get that there might be fear involved. And when we're able to just meet that fear and and push through it and really allow ourselves to dream about what we can have, it really, I mean, that's the first step, right, of being able to access that. Yeah, something else I think we're talking about leaving, right, because that's what I just created and experienced to get here. But I've also really seen it in relationships where it's things are plateaued or flatlined, and it's almost like lovers become roommates, right? And then there's some difficult conversations that need to happen, or there's a level of consciousness and proactiveness that needs to come in. And even doing that, it might make it a little bit uncomfortable for a while, but then it it reignites, it re-enlivens you know, a relationship that's gone flat. And I've also, you know, seen and heard of it in, in business as well in career where we just get now, you know, time to make the donuts, time to make the donuts. And we just get into this, you know, repetitive cycle and we lose the passion that maybe we once had in a career profession and, you know, lose focus of the, the clients or the service that we're, that we're there to do. So even without a major leave, a major break or transition, we can, reignite our connection to a, you know, a person, a place, or a career. You know, I used to have a sign in my kitchen that said, it's never too late for happily ever after. And I really believe that. So yeah, and thank you for saying that, because it's not about, I really was on that track that, you know, about talking about leaving, that clicked that for me for leaving. And it's also, I think, my God, we can ignite our dreams by staying when we're able to do that work. And I think that's one of the the essential pieces, though, is going for our dreams. It does involve some work and it does involve some flexibility. I mean, even if we talk about our trip that we were just talking about to get here, like we had to be totally flexible, right, so that we could make this happen. So we could get here. And part of the reason that we, we were really excited to get here is we're leaving tomorrow to go to Cancun for a week. <laughs> and so we didn't want to miss it. Yeah, a bit of a timeline. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people want to be like, oh, I graduated from high school when I was 18 and I picked this career. Or, you know, this is, you know, whatever it is, we, we, we try to have this plan. Even the morning before you showed up, you know, you're going to fly in and we're going to drive out. I was still researching. I figured there were three main interstates that would get us back home. And I was still trying to figure out which one was going to be the best and could we make it. And, you know, and I hadn't reserved a hotel because I didn't know how far we were going to make it each day. And I knew there were lots of resources through phones and and apps to to pick something out on the road. But just staying really flexible so that we could make it happen in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just laughing as you were saying that because I was thinking of my friends that were giving me a ride to the airport that were like, well, where are you guys staying? I'm like, we don't know. (laughs) They're like, how far are you going? We don't know, (laughs) you know? And there's something great about that, right? There's something great about having that flexibility. So one of the things, though, that I want to share is we were talking about sometimes, you know, we have to step into our fear around igniting our dreams or making our dreams come true. I can think of in my own experience, you know, when I went to grad school, I definitely went into clinical. Everything was psychodynamics. You know, I I absolutely knew I wanted to be in private practice. However, and I hate to date myself, this is back in 1994, uh, but they said, don't expect to hang a shingle out which meant don't expect to go into private practice right away. Like the market's saturated. And yet I knew that was my dream. You know, I knew I wanted to be a psychotherapist. I wanted a private practice. And that journey took me so long to get there because I, I really internalized that message. And so there was a little fear factor. And so, you know, my, my first part of my career was I was a program manager for a cognitive behavioral therapy program, working with seriously mentally ill 
And then I worked in the school district for 10 years. And it was only after that, you know, and really having a huge personal event happen in my life that really did bring me to my knees. You know, this is right after 9-11 happened. I ended up taking a month off from school where I was I was a counselor at an elementary school. And during that time, just did a ton of soul searching. I was like, you know, I'm doing these careers that are great. Every one of them, I felt like I, I would build upon and I'd get wonderful things and insight and lessons, all the things I needed. And I'm like, I'm not living my true dream, my professional dream at the time. It was so amazing to me to do that process of saying, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to step into it. Even though I didn't know how to do it, I, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be a good therapist or not, but I've been doing counseling for so long. It feels really natural. I'm just going to open it up. And as I opened up that door and just went part-time, it was amazing the serendipity that showed up to support me. Truly, I, I had this wonderful woman who said, you can rent my office. I wanted to just work for two days. She said, you can have my office for 70 bucks a month for those two days. Oh, and by the way, here's my bookkeeper's number, and she'll get you set up with all the insurances. So like, I didn't have to do hardly anything to step into those two days. And I've told this story before about when I started practice, you know, I sent out all these notifications that said, hey, I'm in practice. This is like the 2nd of January, 2007. And like crickets for two weeks, like nothing, right? No response. And then I'm in this conversation with my dad and he's like, well, how are you praying about it? Like, what are you saying? And I said, well, at this point, I'm, I'm actually going, dear God, please, please just send me some clients. And he's like, you know, you're, you're, you're praying about it all wrong. Like what, what, you know, he really was into manifesting and to really be clear about the importance of being in gratitude for what you want. And so he said to me, write down 10 times right now, how many clients you want, but I want you to say it as in you're already saying it as gratitude. So whether you call it your higher power, the divine, you know, God, whatever you want to say. And I was just like, thank you so much for six clients. And, you know, and, and he said, and really feel it. And which I did. I mean, I was like in my heart, just feeling how deeply grateful I was and imagining these six clients and no lie. The next day I got my first client, the next day after that, the next client, the next client, the next client. And on that next day I got two. So within a very short amount of time, I had six clients. And ever since then I've stayed full, like however many clients I wanted to take at that time my practice has stayed full. So it's just been like this amazing blessing now after 14 years. I mean, it really was just like, oh my God, I'm going to do it. And then the more time I wanted to do it. And I think that's an important point too, right? Part of going for our dreams is how do we find that place of stepping into our fear and also being in that place of gratitude for what we already want, which we know is already out there. It's such a beautiful story. And I had forgot about that piece that your dad had shared about, about manifesting. And I really love putting people out into the future so they can, they'll tell me like, oh, and I'll say, okay, it's New Year's Eve at the end of this year. And we're at a party together. And what kind of things are you telling me, you know, and do it present tense as if it's happened. And just, and, and you know, and I had told somebody recently, like, don't tell me clinical, don't be like reading off a list. I'm like, have the energy, have the emotion, fill it in your body so that it can really come true. And the other thing that I, that I think is really important is there's emotion required. There's a motion, there's emotion as well, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a motion that's required. And, you know, even with the, the sale of my practice, right? I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the best I can to sell my practice. And if it doesn't happen, I know that this next chapter of life needs to start. So I was gonna leave at the end of December of last year, no matter what. And literally two days before my practice closed, I got a, uh, an email from somebody saying they would buy my practice, right? And so I had to kind of surrender, which I know is a, a really big teaching point that you share with all your listeners. And I had to surrender to something I had created over the last decade I might have to walk away from. And my conviction was so strong that the next phase of life here in Colorado with you and this next phase of my own career in business was so important that I was willing to walk away and when I was willing to walk away, I didn't need to. 
right? That, that next piece came in. And so I think there's something about just continuing towards our dreams, knowing that we can't control the outcomes and, you know, and if it hadn't sold, it would have changed this year a little bit, but, but ultimately I would still be sitting in this chair right now. We'd still be doing this show together right now. And, and life just continues to kind of lay itself in front of us if we keep walking forward. And that's a lot of times what I see is people have stopped moving forward. They stopped listening to, you know, their heart, their gut, their mind, and they've stopped being proactive in life. And I think that's, for me, that's when that, that's settling. That's when that pain of, of no forward momentum happens. Yeah. Great reminder about, you know, future casting things, uh, being in the emotion and the gratitude of as if it's already happened. I'm curious in your own journey, because to go from engineer to chiropractor, and now you're you're reinventing a new career for yourself. Can you talk a little bit about this? Because, yeah, I mean, surrenders had to come into this. And what's the next piece of this dream for you? Yeah, thank you. It's it's interesting. And this is the thing I think people also sometimes miss is it needs to be all or nothing. Right. And so even when I moved to Seattle, I moved to Seattle just to study with a teacher. And when I got there, I thought I was going to work for this this chiropractic company. And after I got there, I found out they were they were a little out of integrity. They were, you know, doing some things that weren't weren't exactly legal with insurance. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to leave before I get in trouble. And there were no other jobs open. And so I restarted my own practice up there, and then I found a part-time job. So two days a week I was working for somebody else, and three days a week I was working for myself. And so I did the half of this and half of that to create what I needed to at that time. And then pretty soon I was working just for myself and left that other company. A few years ago when I realized I really wanted to step into motivational speaking, high-performance coaching, I do energy work and shamanic work, I wanted a blend of all these empowering modalities. Um, I made sure that I was only working two days a week at my chiropractic office so that I could spend three days a week working on this next phase of life. And that got me fairly far. You know, I was able to have clients, have speaking gigs, have a podcast, but it wasn't sustainable, right? And so there became a time where I needed to leave, you know, I had to let go of one dock so I could swim out to my you know, my new business home. So, you know, the idea that it needs to be all or nothing, I think is another misconception. And I have been a big fan of, you know, figure out what the next thing is and start doing all the work you can towards that. And then at a certain point, you know, it's like shifting gears in a car. You can only go so fast in second gear and you can always hear when it's time to shift. Right. And so I think I was hearing that it was time to shift in my life. I couldn't go any further in speaking, coaching, or podcasting just based on time in in the the way that I had my life set up. So now is the time, 2021 20, is the time to to leap into a you know closer relationship with you, into more of those other things that I love and and just start building this next chapter. One of the things that I love about you, and it's one of the things that I think in myself that I've always really loved is the ability to just go for it. And even like when I started my Igniting Your Best Life group, which I just started in January and people can still join and be a part of, it's just been amazing. I started that. How long did I think about that? And this is something I just really appreciate about you is it was one week you're like, oh, I'm going to start this group. And a lot of times people like will email and do all these things for, you know, a month or two before a launch of something. I'm like, oh my gosh, when are you starting? And you're like, next Wednesday. And so you just dove in and, you know, that's part of your joy. I really appreciate as well. You're like, yeah, if there's one or two people there, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just going to dive in. And there's something about ready, fire, aim, right? So many people, they get ready aim, aim some more, aim again, ask three friends, ask a psychic, aim again. And sometimes some of the best things on the planet never get started because we never get to that point of taking action. And so, yeah, I think there was probably about six, five or six days between 
you know, the idea and the, uh, the launch for your group. Yeah. And it's been incredible. We have 12 members now and it keeps growing and it's just, it's been such a delight. So it's those kind of things, like when you were just saying, like you don't have to have everything lined up ahead of time. You know, it's like it morphs and it grows. And I think that's part of what is important for people to know that it's part of it's just defining what it is that you want. So often you all hear this uh, again, you know, talking about my own clients or my own transformational clients that I work with, my coaching clients. They haven't identified yet what it is that they want. So it, it remains you know, ambiguous. And so they're never moving towards anything. They have this generalized idea of what would feel good or what, you know, oh, maybe I would want to do that, but just to really get clear. And, I, and I, one of the things that I invite people to do is write down 25 things they want to do, 25 things they want to be, and 25 things they want to have. And sometimes have is like peace of mind, you know, have doesn't have to be material things. And it's a great way of starting to create that focus of what do I want to bring into my life? Where do I want to be? If, if we're not happy with where we're at right now, or even if we are happy with where we are, we are at, like I did love working for the school district and yet I knew there was something more inside of me. And I think that's an important way that we can just start looking at, you know what, what is it that lights me up? What is it that, that really does bring joy to my day? And sometimes I think people can get overburdened in a way with like, I've got to find my passion. What's my passion? What's my life purpose? It's, it's kind of like it doesn't have to be your entire life's purpose. It, it might be, what is my purpose now? What am I feeling into now? What can I create now that's going to feel fulfilling at an emotional level, at a soul level, maybe even intellectual level? Yeah, I like the saying season, reason, or a lifetime, right? And so sometimes, and I find this with, with my coaching clients as well, like, oh my gosh, I want to find my lifetime passion, my lifetime person, my lifetime home, you know, whatever it might be. And, and the way we get to that lifetime thing is a lot of times by repetitions of season or a reason, right? So some things just last for a season. Some things come into our life for a reason. And sometimes those turn into that lifetime experience. But that's again, that sitting too much in that, that place of listening and looking for clarity. And I think a lot of times people think clarity is like a destination, Right. Like clarity is this place on the geographic map and we just need to get there. I like thinking about clarity more like a verb. It's an action. So if you can stay in that practice of always being open for clarity. Right. And that can be if it's, you know, in a relationship you've been in forever. Like what's the piece of clarity for the next thing? You know, and I also I like the idea of continuing to ask questions. Right. So, you know, I think you and I both do different versions of like goal setting for the new year, goal setting for the quarter, the month, the week and even the day. We both have our yellow pads sitting within, you know, two feet of us right now where we were basically goal setting for the day so we can get out of here. And I think if people just keep looking for that next piece of clarity, then we can always be moving towards, you know, the best way to be in relationship, the best way to be in career and health, you know, what's that one thing that needs to be let go of? What's that one new thing that needs to be added in? And, and with that idea of it not having to be forever, it, it takes some pressure off. And then we can just be like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for a group on and go to this painting class. Maybe painting's not my thing, but maybe it is right. And just always being open to that next, next passion. I love that. You know, it, it reminds me of Larry Bloom when I had him on the show and he was talking about he'd always wanted to learn how to play jazz harmonica. So he took six months of lessons and he just tried and tried and tried. And in the end, he was like, I can't play the harmonica. I just can't play jazz harmonica. And and he was thrilled. He, he did not feel that one minute of that was wasted. He really pursued something he was so interested in. And so it added something wonderful to his life just to go for it. So I love that. And, you know, so I think it's important, too, as we're talking about dreams, 
sometimes they're just small dreams that we have, and yet they add so much dimension and depth to our lives. I know that one of the things you and I have been talking about is taking guitar lessons. I remember, gosh, it's been like 10 years ago now when I first took guitar lessons. And one of the greatest gifts for me, not only was it awesome for me, because at the time I sang for a band and I got to play backup guitar and even lead guitar in a couple songs. Um, and that was so fun and it felt so creative and energizing. One, one of the really special treats was going to South Padre Island with my family and at the time gifting my dad with, I had learned all these John Denver songs that he loved. So one night we all are sitting out there on the patio and I'm playing and singing all these songs. And, and my dad's just weeping and he's just like crying and crying because it was just so special to him. And so it's like, so it's like sometimes when we have these dreams, they're also dreams. It's like, it's so serving to other people. It just touches other people's lives as well. And I think that's one of the joys as we start defining what our dreams are. I'm thinking about the variability of life as well, right? It's so easy to be focused. I think about, you know, some people, you know, they might go camp 50 times a year, right? Like camping is really their thing. And for, I think for you and I, we enjoy more uh, variety. So we might go camping five times in a year and then we have time open for other things. And so I, I like using that kind of search for, for a passion or something that just makes life um, feel complete, right? I took six months of singing lessons and it definitely didn't get me into a professional career. It's, you know, singing is not my, my highest talent or, or way to show up in the world, but it was fun. And it's still, it's been probably six or seven years since I've done that. And I really think it helps me in podcasting. I think it helps me in expressing emotion to people that I care about. I think it helps me in my coaching. I think it helps me in my speaking. And so, even though it didn't directly feed that one thing, I would say it's improved a half dozen other things in the last year. And sometimes we don't know what this little offshoot thing that we do, that we do may actually turn into in the future. I love that. And I keep saying I love that because I love everything we're talking about. This is like all my favorite stuff. And I, I guess I wanted to, as you were saying that, I thought about when you were here in Fort Collins before, because Morgan lived here a decade ago before he lived in Seattle, not only was he a chiropractor, he was a stand-up comedian. And I love that about you because I was just thinking about one of the things that I did about four or five years ago, maybe not even that long ago, maybe four years ago, was I went and took improv lessons. I was with an improv class here in Fort Collins and so much fun. And even though I never performed, it was amazing. So I guess I'm, I'm interested in you sharing a little bit about that experience and what that was like for you. Because honestly, Morgan is like the funniest person I know. <laughs> so yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? So comedy showed up in my life when I was a mechanical engineer. I was living in Iowa and I was working for this, you know, summer internship and I had met these friends in a new town and like every Wednesday night we would go to the sports bar at the Holiday Inn and they would have stand-up comics there. And it was so fun. We really enjoyed it. And when I was listening to these people, I was like, wow, like they're good. I wouldn't say they were amazing. I'm like, I think I could do this. So I started writing comedy in my mind at that time and I never did anything with it. And then when I left engineering and went to chiropractic school, there was a stand-up comedy club there. So I, I got a job waiting tables. I started doing amateur nights. And it was just, you know, most of the things I do for work, whether it's engineering or chiropractic, uh, they require a lot of thought. I'm in that like left brain a lot. And so to have stand-up comedy on the side, it just, it makes life more fun for me. You know, you, I know you talk about the reticular activating system a lot in your work with clients and coaching clients and, and even on the show. And so, you know, the reticular activating system, I'll probably butcher it and you'll probably correct me on this, but, you know, we get that new car and then all of a sudden we see that same type of new car everywhere. And it's that part of our mind that will look for something. Well, for me, when I'm doing stand-up comedy, I'm looking for humor everywhere in my life. 
right? And it just makes life more enjoyable. And so, yeah, I did stand up comedy as a as an amateur, as a hobby for for quite a while, and I don't do that anymore. But I think it helps me with my coaching clients, helps me with my motivational speaking, it helps me be in relationship with you. I there's nothing more that I that I love than than making you laugh and smile. And it it isn't directly something I'm involved with, but it, you know, permeates all of my life when I'm at my best. You're listening to a podcast on the Loudspeaker Network. To find other podcasts and unique programming, visit www.loudspeaker.fm. Loudspeaker, diverse voices, unique sound. Hey there, I'm Sarah Moneres, the host of the We Podcast, your space for inspiration, stories, and real talk. On the WE Podcast, we love talking about the things most people don't openly talk about. The real, messy, human experience and how we can grow through it. Tune in on Loudspeaker every week on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain and on Tuesdays on any of your favorite podcast apps. Join us in this space that's all about connecting through our stories, showing up for the real, and embracing the truth that we are not on this journey alone. See you there. So that is what I want to encourage people. It's like when you discover some of these things that light you up, you never know how they're going to infuse these other areas of your life like comedy has for you. And that's that importance of that whole thing we were talking about, whether it's a reason, a season, or a lifetime, right? To, to be able to just go for something and just say, this is a dream I want to pursue. It could be the blues harmonica. It could be guitar playing. It could be comedy. And it doesn't have to be like, this is going to be my career forever, or this is going to be this new thing that I have to be a rock star, I have to be whatever. I'm going to just go for it and enjoy it. I'm just going to love it. You know, I'm just going to really put myself in it. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, I feel like. It's like, what are those dreams that you have? What are the things that would just light you up and bring you pleasure in your life? which honestly, that is another activity that I'm just going to share on the air because I love to do this with coaching clients and I love to do this with my psychotherapy clients is to have them literally write a list of pleasures and use every single one of their senses. So there's things that we look at that bring us pleasure, right? There's things we hear that bring us pleasure. There's smells, taste, things that we could touch. Petting my dog Jules is such a great sensational pleasure, I guess I would say. And so again, these are things that could help us ignite little dreams in our life. It's like, wow, this is something I love doing. As you know, I love singing. I love singing. And I've sang in bands, I've sang professionally, and yet right now I haven't sang for 10 years in front of anyone. And you and I have had fun just singing on the couch, doing karaoke, and just having a blast. So it's like you never really let go of the big, quote unquote, big dream. I think we can modify it. We can be flexible with it. We can say, this is something I really love and enjoy. It may not manifest into the biggest expression of that dream. And yet it's something that can really enrich and fulfill my life. I'm also thinking about how it's not always this really big thing, right? So a lot of times, you know, for people that are coming to us for help, it's a big pain, you know, mental, emotional, physical pain, or it's a big dream that they're going towards. But but I think that's also rare. I think it might be sometimes, especially, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and people are struggling. They're having experiences in a lot of different facets of their life, but it may just be a little experience. Right. And it may just be I have a spiritual teacher that says 80% of everything's always working. Right. And it's it's nice to lean into that because even when we have negative things to focus on, 
for most people listening to the show, 80% of everything's always working. And then you get to focus on that gratitude practice for the 80, 80% and then go, okay, for the remaining 20%, what changes can I make to have today be better than yesterday? What can I do today to make next week better than last week? You know, and there's always a, a momentum of direction that we can have. And, you know, and sometimes it's just those little things. I noticed at one point, this was probably a year ago in my office building where I had my chiropractic business, I was like, you know, doing this like power walk to the restroom. Like, all right, I got a break. I'm going to go to the restroom. Well, at my best, I'm highly social. When I get stressed, overwhelmed, when I have too many things on my plate, I become introverted. And I walked past this woman's office and I just like waved in the door. When she, when she turned, probably all she saw was my fingertips as I was rushing by to the restroom on this mission. And I was like, oh my gosh, I consider myself a social person and I'm not even slowing down to say hello to this friend. Right. And that was, you know, it was just a, a little awareness. It wasn't an auto accident or, a, you know, a, an injury or, you know, something that was really horrible. It was just this little awareness that I was out of my best self. And so I stopped and turned around and talked to her. And honestly, a long conversation passing in the hallway might last like two and a half minutes anyway. It didn't it didn't put a damper on my day, but I think it raised up both of us. And I made it to the restroom and I still got all my work done that day. But sometimes it's just that little thing that we notice that reminds us that we're you're not experiencing life to the fullest or maybe we're not in our, our highest expression of ourselves. I'm so glad that you brought it there because I think we can really talk about the subject in the micro way or the macro way. Right. So like the macro version of dreams and accessing dreams and then this micro version, if you will, of like what's important to me? You know, what are the little pieces like you were just sharing? I mean, that that's just an essential little piece. And it doesn't even have to be, quote unquote, a dream. I think part of this whole thing we're talking about is how do we make our lives? How do we infuse our lives so that they feel that they are, we're, we're living more towards our purpose or we're living more aligned with what's truly important to us, what's meaningful to us. And I love that ability to just focus on right now, connection is so essential when people haven't been able to connect in the ways that they've been used to. And so as we're talking about all this, as you were speaking, what really was coming to me is the importance of how can we have just little, even daily goals of what's important? And I, it makes me go back to, I feel like I'm giving everyone just these formulas tonight, but these things just keep coming to me that one of the things to me that's essential that I think about every day is how can I take care of myself today? How can I connect today? And how can I be creative today? So putting myself in flow in some way and that can be really, really simplistic. People are like, how can I be creative? I don't write or I don't paint. And it's nothing about that. It might be one of the ways that I'm creative is I'm like, I'm going to just call a friend I haven't called, or maybe I'm going to walk a different direction I haven't walked before. It doesn't have to be creative as in the arts. And it can also be that. And maybe you don't paint, but you're like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to bust it out. Or I've had people that love like those adult coloring books. And it, you're just in creative flow. You could put on beautiful music that makes you feel incredible and just be in flow. And on and 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 actually, I was going to say and honestly, what that does is it starts enhancing your life. You start feeling better. And I want to circle it back too to the reticular activating system, which really is this part of our brain that notices things. And we have this natural negativity bias in our brain, which will just notice the, the 20% that you were talking about, if left to its own device, the 20% can become 100%. And I think it's important that we start taking inventory of the things that make us feel good. So it's like we're programming our RAS. That's what's so awesome is we can program it. We can choose the things we want to focus on. 
And that's why everything that we're talking about, whether it's the large focus, the macro focus, or what are important dreams, whether it's career, relationship, what are some of these things I want to make sure that I'm really tending to, I'm really focusing on, because I want to bring more of that into my life. And what are some of these micro things that are really just enhancers to my day-to-day life, but they really start being the bigger enhancements. They really start adding value and depth and fulfillment. I think we always know, right? We always know. And sometimes I'll ask questions of people and I'm like, oh, well, what's the answer to this question? And many times our first, you know, knee jerk reaction answer is, I don't know. And I love going back to like, well, I know you don't know, but if you did know, what would the answer be? And you know, no matter what those goals are, you know, for that, for that client, I might ask, you know, we're at the New Year's Eve party. What are the things that have happened this year that you're sharing with me? And then after you get done asking those questions, cool, what's one thing you could do in the next couple of days to make that a reality, right? And it's, there's always little simple steps. If somebody's wanting to go back to school, you can start researching schools. You know, if you're wanting a vehicle, you could start researching vehicles. Like there's really within just a few minutes, we could get on a computer or a phone and start creating momentum towards most goals, you know, and those little things then lead to those next steps. And I always feel like we know what the little thing is. I always feel like we know what the the little pain is that we're wanting to get away from or the little passion is that we're wanting to move towards. And then there's just one easy step to start that process. I love everything we're talking about. And I just have to tell you, I can't believe we're out of time. It's gone by so fast. And I just hope that this episode has really helped inspire some people and giving them some ideas, even though 2021 is already on its way. And honestly, some people have already broken their New Year's resolutions. (laughs) It's never too late to start dreaming. It's never too late to start defining what it is that you want to bring into your life. Yeah. And I'm just grateful to be here. And, you know, I really tell people the best thing that happened last year for me was you reaching out for the interview that we had and the idea of who's that partner that helps us move towards our dreams, right? I've had an accountability partner for business uh, since June of 2016, right? And I know that you and I have become great accountability partners for the dreams we're moving towards. I have family members I reach out to. I have, you know, I've got a number of different friends and a a bunch of different niches in my life that have become the accountability partners for me moving forward. And, you know, that's just something I really always suggest to people is who's that person that is helping lift you up, you know, that you can share your dreams with that can help support you in getting from where you are today to where you're wanting to be in tomorrow or the tomorrow after that. So thank you for being my new life accountability partner and really helping me move forward on some really big dreams in my life in the last 11 months. Mm, Thank you, Morgan. You've definitely been that for me as well as like the best cheerleader and an awesome coach. I feel like I can always come to you with ideas and you help inspire me and share all kinds of ideas. So I'm deeply grateful to you as well. I want uh, people to know that Morgan Oaks is a transformational life coach and people are able to contact you at drmorganoaks.com. That's drmorganoaks.com. In wrapping up, I'm just going to ask you, is there any essential message that you want to leave our listeners with? I believe if you're listening to this and if you made it this far through this conversation, And it really is a conversation because we're, you know, we're imagining what you're needing or wanting. We're wanting for you what you want for yourselves. We're wanting the best possible outcome from spending your highly valuable time with us in this conversation. And as I've been talking, as Stephanie's been talking throughout all of this, what's that thing that was up for you? What's the thing that it's time to let go of to make this year be your best year yet? What's that thing it's time to step into? You know, and in asking that question, there's probably a part of you that knows exactly what it is. And don't let this episode just be another great time listening to Stephanie James of The Spark, but have this be 
something that's going to be memorable that you can look back on and go, this was, this was the point of inflection. This was the point of change or transition. What's that one thing that when the show ends, you're going to look it up on your phone or your laptop and start stepping into it. So this was such a fun episode for me and just really wonderful to be able to share this with you all. Hopefully your takeaway is what Morgan just shared, that you found a piece for you that you could really take to heart and say, yeah, this is going to be a new beginning for me. This is going to be one of the steps towards my happily ever after, whatever that may be. And at whatever level, it might be something small like we talked about. It might be something medium, large, super large, whatever it is. I just think beginning today to define that for yourself. I love the piece that Morgan said too about letting things go. There are things that don't serve us and things that we can let go of that will help us move towards our dreams. And, you know, and I do have to say that was one of the things for me in having Morgan come and live with me. I did this huge, huge purge of my home and got rid of things that, my goodness, I didn't need in my life here. And it just created this wonderful space. So it's helping to ignite this next dream for me. Know that you can achieve your dreams even when it's scary, even through a pandemic, even through whatever circumstances that we face. So by taking some time, I think oftentimes it just helps us to get quiet, to go within, so we can hear that still inner voice and start accessing what is it? What is it that's going to make my life take flight? What's going to ignite the spark within me so that I start living in a way that serves myself better, that serves others, and truly helps ignite within us a better life. This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.